Welcome to Gender Meowster Podcast Network. Genderful is a talk show featuring non-binary and trans folks discussing various topics and special interests. We kindly remind our listeners that no person is a monolith of identities. All opinions are the speaker's own. This show airs live on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash gender meowster and VODs with show notes can also be found on YouTube. So content warnings for this episode include possible discussions of transphobia, bullying, and gender dysphoria. So hi, everyone. I'm Gender Meowster. I use they, them pronouns, and I will let my guest introduce herself. Hi, I'm Julie. I use she, her, big heart to you all, and all the hugs. Hello, welcome in. I'm so grateful that you get to be on the show with us today. So excited to finally be able to come on i've been seeing all the time nice so you are angelic julie and you have a twitch stream and i think we met each other because we're both signed up with aegis which is the sort of security mod thing through the transverse i think that is how it's pretty cool i love it let's see let's see let's see let's see I'm trying to figure out which question would be the best one to start with. There's so many good ones here. I guess we'll start with how has your relationship to gender evolved over time? I have been in between. Oh, I have had a love-hate relationship, I would probably say. It is sometimes was better, sometimes was never really fitting in. And couldn't tell what it was forever no matter how much I tried. And until a, f- a year and a half ago from around now is when I finally started realizing and was definitely happy that I have been able to find myself and I found so many people that have been big supports throughout my journey. And they have all helped me get to where I am today and took a while, but finally I'm starting to be happy with how I see myself. That's awesome. It's good to hear when a trans person starts to feel comfortable in their own skin and like things are starting to go well. So were there, were there signs when you were a young person that you were trans? Were there any, looking back now where you're like, oh, there were some clues. So there were some clues, additional content warning of medical, a tiny bit. I had a bunch of, when I was born, I had a tumor. So I had to go through hospital visits and all that while I was younger. So I had to be under anesthesia multiple times. One of the times when I was waking up around five or six years old, It was a princess themed wallpaper. And apparently when I woke up, the very first thing I said was I pointed, I don't remember which one it was, said, I wish I could be like her. And growing up, I used to have a lot of times that I wanted to actually try dresses that I didn't realize. Mm -hmm. And I've always, been more with females enjoyed being with them 
almost like I was one of them. Yeah, so it sounds like there is an affinity for a gender different than your assigned gender at birth. Yeah. Yeah. I'm transmasculine, and I never resonated with all the princess stuff. My sister was super into it, and I just didn't understand. Power Rangers was about as close to princessy as I got. Let's be women who kick butt. <laughs> or like Xena Warrior Princess, yeah. which looking back is like very lesbianic of me also, which is fun. So you started a medical transition during college. Is that right? Yes, I did. Can you during tell us my... a bit about that process? So it was my second or third year because I'm not following normal college routine. I actually was at a different college that I had to transfer because I was struggling the first year because I wasn't able to something fell off i couldn't tell what it was and then that's when i ended up finding myself and at my new college i ended up having to try and figure out a way to go through transition without outing myself almost because i had no clue how people would react i came from a place where it any little thing you would get made fun of no matter what how big or small it was. If they found a reason, they would use it. And I moved states since then, but it still resonates with you throughout it. And when I ended up starting, I really had the last semester before I transitioned was super uncomfortable for me. I was trying to hide it. I was wearing clothes underneath what I was wearing all you would ever see me in was a pair of jeans and a sweater and I would hide other clothes underneath to try and help my mental state from going out of the crazy and then it got to the point where I was ready to start medically transitioning and when I started I did it over the summer is when I started and I had classes during the summer. So I ended up doing my name change during the summer. And then I went full blown because of my school, they actually let you put on your ID, your preferred name instead of your legal name. And they're very helpful with a lot of that. So I ended up being able to put my name in as Julie right away. And I got to go straight in my first day as Julie and I probably was the scariest day, but the most exciting day and was happy that I was able to do it. Took a lot of nerve to get through that day but once I did I was finally proud but and relieved by the way oh my gosh sorry okay so I was saying that it sounds there's three different threads that you pointed out that I want to chase so I've been taking notes I with the name change that you did it sounds like it was pretty easy to get your name your new name that is yours on your ID I wonder what your experience has been like with any of the other name change stuff so filing it 
at a court, getting your state ID, passport if you have one, birth certificate updated, those other pieces. Some of it's still outstanding. I think a lot of trans people don't ever get all of the things updated, like 75% never get all of them done. So I'm just curious where you're at in that process and what that has been like for you as well. Legally, my name hasn't been changed yet. I still haven't gone through the process, mostly because it's super long and trying to get it all done and all that and have been busy with a bunch of our stuff. But I have actually changed my gender on my driver's license to female, which actually I was surprised how easy it was with just a single paper that my gender counselor actually filled out, I just had to sign, was what I had used and was very useful. What's a gender counselor? I was recommended to go to one of them. They are, they're not a therapist by what's it called, a degree but they do similar things and they've helped me through the process of getting onto HRT, getting, handling through dysphoria days and those bad weeks and helping me figure out where the next step was. And it was very helpful. They're definitely someone that I have used very often that has helped me a lot. There's only one other time that I've heard about something along these lines. I'm curious if your gender counselor is someone that you have to pay out of pocket, if there's a state program that pays for it, if you can bill it through your insurance, if there's co-pays, like how does that all work? I'm very curious about gender counselors. They go through my insurance, so it's purely based on what my insurance tells them they'll cover for If I remember correctly, it falls under therapy section. So whatever a normal therapist would get off on it is what you would actually get off for the gender counselor also. That's super cool. So another thread I wanted to pick up from what you were saying a minute ago is you were talking about how you'd wear clothes like under your your clothes, right? You'd have your gender dysphoria sweatshirt over everything before you came out socially. And I wonder what kind of clothes give you gender euphoria now, because there's a lot of different ways to present more feminine or femme of center. And so I'm curious, what are your outfits? Like, what do you wear on a day to school? What do you wear if you want to get dressed up and fancy? Do you switch it up and do, you know, gender fluid bendy stuff? Or are you pretty, pretty much in the femme camp or just in the, what even is this gender camp? What do you do? I'm in the definite, obvious, any of the people that actually know me in chat definitely already know the answer to this question. I wear a lot of pink and a lot of dresses. You usually find me in pink at least 99% of the time. And a lot of things I use, I've started changing to pink. If you could see the pink chair behind me now, that's why the whole thing that I've always, I never leave the house without a dress on. That's just by, I can't pull myself fully Mm -hmm. to go without it. 
because I haven't had bottom surgery or anything, so it helps. I have been hoping to get more colors. Sometimes I wear stuff like this dress that I'm wearing has gray on the bottom, mm -hmm. usually with another color. And leggings have been very helpful in winter time. Right. That's what it's season we're in. Yes. Couldn't remember what season we were in for a second. That's okay. It's 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 weird times right now in the world. Yeah, no way to tell. I've definitely had a lot of after I find stuff and wasn't a hundred percent sure what style of dresses. I don't have a specific style I like. I don't go super long though. I usually keep it knee length at most. Mm -hmm. and maybe an inch or two above that for the shortest but that's only one or two what mostly because kind of I am super tall I am six foot mm -hmm. seven yeah so to find dresses that fit me for my size is a whole nother project mm -hmm. you can find the right size everywhere else except for height that's the one that you can't get as easily. Yeah. Anyone so that's if you wanted a floor length tall. dress, you'd have to commission one or something. Yes. Any that are supposed to be floor length go up to my shins. Mm -hmm. Basically. What so what kind of shoes do you wear then? Do you wear flats or do you wear short heels or mm -hmm. shoes? I have actually recently gotten new shoes. One of my biggest issues is I actually have a bigger foot size generically. So I, while getting it, I can't get it from any stores. I have to special order any shoes. Mm -hmm. And even if I special order them, it's very hard to get a size that fits me because most companies don't do it big enough. So I have but my aunt, on the other hand, is some reason she is a wizard with Amazon. And she can find no matter what you're looking for. So she finds all the shoes for me, to be completely honest. That's nice. Because I have looked and I've tried, but I cannot find any of my size. But then she can always go straight and find in five seconds. I have a bunch of flats, I have fluffy boots I just got, and I have boot heels I had that I wear occasionally. Not in the winter though. So you mentioned your aunt who helps you buy shoes. In general, how has your family responded to your transition? They were actually very supportive, including the ones that we did not think was supportive. My grandmother and grandfather were really wild cards that we did not think were going to be supportive. And my grandfather lives with us. And he was actually super supportive and supportive enough that shocked me how fast he was with it. And a lot of them have changed and it doesn't feel like anything's different. Probably the best person that does that is one of my cousins that I'm close to. And he 
and I talk basically the same as we did before. We still play games together and we do a bunch of other stuff and it's no way you could tell the difference. It was very scary to tell them. It was so scary that I actually wasn't the one that told them. It might seem weird not to tell them yourself, but my ADD and my anxiety and Asperger's all make me not get anxious too fast. And I wouldn't have been able to handle if it went badly. So my father actually told them without me there. And when he did is he would then respond back with two parts. One, he would respond with how fast they responded, regardless of the response, how fast they were to respond in. And then what the overall mood was for them and if he could tell if how they were feeling truly inside. So my dad's helped me with all of the talking to people that's helped me a lot. Because I wouldn't have been able to tell everyone. I wanted to just have them find out eventually as I actually saw them. I wasn't going to tell them early most of the time. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that you have the support of your family and that they could help you navigate some of those conversations. You mentioned that you have ADHD and anxiety. I find that that's actually really common in the trans community. And I wonder if you have any coping tools that you want to talk about with the rest of us. My coping tools have changed a lot. Actually, since I transitioned, a few of them have changed, but a few of them are the same. I have a personal stimming thing that you can often see during my streams. I have a little cloth that is my main coping mechanism for a lot of things. If I'm home, it's very hard to see me in my chair without it. Mm -hmm. Just because I have it to twiddle, to calm down. Friends are often very good helping with coping sometimes. Because certain people I have started to open up to more and actually fully trust, which I used to never do in the past. I would never open up fully to people. I think only one knew me before that truly knew me before. And it just gets to that where I was telling people so that I tell them everything literally now. So they know if I had a rough conversation with someone, they know very fast. So I have a, a fun question for you next. You mentioned a few minutes ago that you like to play games. I wonder what games do you like to play? A lot of our games have chaos themes. That's always been my big thing that you hear with me is pink chaos, we call it. Because <laughs> we like causing as much mayhem as fast as we can including Twitch interactive games that they like to, yes, as the chaos emote gets put in the chat. Nice. It got so bad that we had to have a emote just for that. I love a bunch of open world. I often do questing personally. I just got into Conan Exiles, a big go-to game for my community and myself is Seven Days to Die which they love to spawn 500 things on me at once. 
and wish me luck and not even wish me luck and just see if I could survive them all random timing as well as take my ability to use any weapons. That's so fun. Oh my gosh. It sounds like you have a, a, I don't know, competitive, but also loving relationship with your Twitch community. Yes, definitely. <laughs> if they try their best to get me killed, if they can do anything possible, but I have started learning how to survive stuff, but that most wouldn't be able to. So awesome. You get used to the chaos, and at some points I've added my own chaos. I give them triple points because they are not going fast enough for me sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I challenge them, and then I regret it five minutes later. Right, yeah. <laughs> but the ADHD brain goes brrr. Yeah. Okay, back to a serious question. So what were some fears that you had when you were transitioning in class and what were some of the realities that actually happened? So a couple of the fears that I had transitioning was that everyone already knew somehow they knew and that they would recognize me and I would do stuff or I'd slip up with my voice, I would slip up presenting well and would basically out myself was a big thing. Mm -hmm. I also had one professor I was very nervous about because I had him for five semesters in a row before the last one. And then had him again for the first time I actually transitioned. Mm -hmm. And I knew him well, so he knew the previous me very well. And I was nervous that he would recognize and then had no clue where I'd go from there. If he recognized, if he slipped up name or something. When I actually got there, I was really surprised how I was overthinking and no one actually could tell. Unless you knew me for years beforehand and recognized my habits, mm -hmm. you wouldn't know. My professor actually did recognized day one, hmm. but not for the reason that I thought. There's, because I talked to him after when I finally opened up about a month or two after the semester was going. And he said he recognized my last name mm -hmm. the first semester or the first day, mm -hmm. but ended up commenting he was about to use my old name, he said. And what he actually did was he said that was, he asked if that was my brother. Interesting. Which also explained why I would have some similar stuff as I did in the past without having to switch my laptop, for instance. And got an entirely new one. And if they saw my name on old assignments, if I had to pull something up on the screen, it would make sense that it could be a shared. And I actually started going with that and was pleasantly surprised how well it went and how a lot of people didn't know, even though you think everyone knows. That happens to me way too much. I 
can overthink it very fast. So I'm curious, have you done any voice training or any anything along those lines? Or have you been on your own self-led process? I have been on my own. Actually, I have not gotten any help at all. Mm-hmm. My voice is actually a bit lower than it would normally be at this because once it gets to around this time of night for me, mm-hmm. I it starts slowly dropping because mm-hmm. I still can't keep it steady for an entire day yet. But if I try to go back to where I'm around normally, I can go and sometimes I could do it. It's very hard to at this time of day. I have That's done all fair. of it myself and I used to not be able, when I started, I couldn't stand my voice. Mm-hmm. I am just starting to get to the point where I can tolerate listening to it in short bits. Mm-hmm. I can't listen to it for a long time nonstop, but I can listen to it for a snippet, for instance, and mm-hmm. a clip or something. I can actually watch my clips now. That's nice. I used to avoid watching them so I, because of that. Because of vocal dysphoria. And I finally can watch my new ones because it's finally up to a point where I am starting to feel better with my voice. Mm-hmm. But I'm letting it take its own spot wherever it decides to go right now. Yeah, that's super fair. You don't have to fem it up just for us. You're allowed yeah. to let your voice be comfortable. I, I like inviting my guests to be at ease as much as possible. Let's see. You mentioned some pieces of your story. It sounds like you've tried to go stealth, right? Like you made a switch over the summer break and came back a different person. You've switched schools, which may or may not be related to trans reasons. Like maybe there's other stuff that has caused that to be part of it. But I'm curious, in your life today, what circles, social circles, or spheres of your life are you out, and what places are you still stealth mode? I've actually recently just gotten through telling uh, my next group of circles recently, because I've seen that it's been something that you tell a certain vicinity of people in your life, and then you'll go into the next Rin and keep going out mm-hmm. until everyone knows. And when I, I have started to actually be open with people that I fully, at school, I don't go out telling people straight up. Yeah. I have told a couple people, no, mostly teachers, and I am part of an LGBT mm-hmm. QIA plus community at my school so I do get to go there and help and get help and they've been super helpful with everything and I only have to use my dead name in legal reasons mm-hmm. nowadays and I don't refer to it but I don't really have any more stealth that I used to have to hide it Mm-hmm. A lot. So would you say that it was more like closeting just due to the length of time it takes to come out socially and it wasn't a safety thing or any of those other pieces? It was just like it takes time and spoons and ADHD and social anxiety and 
Yeah, it definitely took okay. a while to get through to the point where I was ready. Getting mm -hmm. your mind ready is definitely a big project. Yeah. Yeah, mentally preparing for the social transition is totally a challenge. And to be doing that in the midst of collegiate level work, that sounds so exhausting. Yeah. Definitely was a lot of tired nights and a lot of days that I went to school, especially the semester before I transitioned when I was still not out, but I was out to myself. Mm -hmm. I would literally be falling asleep in class some days. And the professor that I stated earlier that I've had for multiple semesters actually recognized that and offered me if I ever need to go in his office for a day because I'm completely worn out because he could tell something was up but I wasn't ready to mention it and there were a bunch of days like that that I just couldn't focus on anything I was completely out of it mm -hmm. and at the point where I was almost falling asleep in the middle of class Oh, wow. Which, if you knew me, I hate sleep. Mm -hmm. And I hate going to bed at, in general. Most of the time, I have to be forced to go to bed. Because you're having so much fun doing fun things? Yeah, I hate <laughs> sleep. And I would stay up all day if I could. Yeah. I hear that. Here's a, another fun question to pepper in. What subject matter are you studying? I am studying computer science, which I will go specifically into software development of it, which means I do the code and I can code. I've actually coded a Discord bot myself with just my code in, and I've coded a little bit of, I started practicing games and stuff. I've learned a bunch of different languages. I think I know 11. Wow which if you know me, I cannot learn a spoken language other than English, I struggle with it, but I can learn coding languages like nonstop. Okay. And I, I just pick them up question, instantly. Then. What's hmm. your favorite programming language? Ooh, I would say the C-based languages are definitely my favorite style. I hate Python. I hate it completely, and I refuse to use it. <laughs> if I can avoid it, I would refuse to avoid it. Doesn't Microsoft use a bunch of C-based languages? Uh, they use a lot. Java's the biggest one that's used. Right. C, C Sharp, CSS. It's so funny that you both, that you and another person in the chat both hate Python, because Python is my wife's favorite language. She thinks it's the best one. <laughs> I understand why people like it. It's purely based on spacing. So if you're not someone that's grammatically perfect for in it, you struggle in writing it. Because I end up trying to put semicolons. I end up putting brackets that every other language uses mm -hmm. in my code. And then realize why it doesn't work is because I accidentally added them. Then my mind's just trained when I'm typing. I will just generically use the bracket keys I don't even use parentheses half the time talking. I end up accidentally using the brackets because that's what mm -hmm. I use most of the time. Everything in there is based off of white space. Mm -hmm. Which gets into the tabs versus spaces debate. Are you a tabs or a spaces or you don't feel like sharing that publicly? 
depends on what section I call them. That's fair. Because I will use tab occasionally, but a lot of coding languages actually hate tabbing. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you can't, sometimes you do, sometimes you have to use tabbing. Mm-hmm. So I have to switch it up so often that it just comes natural to me to use both. Insert chaos emojis here. <laughs> That's so fun. Okay, so here's the next question that I have for you. Has your transition worsened or benefited your college experience? It has it has benefited a lot because actually before I was out, I was very secluded to myself. I was very, I barely talked to anyone. I never made friends. I didn't go to any clubs really. I wouldn't even think about doing anything. I just went to classes and that was it. When I started to do it and transition, I actually have been more bold and I have been more willing to make friends than I ever was before because I finally felt comfortable with myself mm-hmm. enough that I could actually convince myself that I am not weird to someone else so I can actually deserve to talk to someone mm. other than strictly class-based stuff. I have definitely started to, and that's how I met one of the my closest friends that I finally started becoming bold. I love that. And especially with when I switched colleges was right when all of this pandemic started. Oh yeah, so did you switch to online school? I didn't finish one semester at my new school before it started going online. Yeah. So I have been doing this for the entire time that it is. So also that also played a role in it. Definitely made me not be able to even think about making friends. So it definitely has improved, but even beforehand, I wasn't confident. If I didn't know you, I wouldn't talk to you. And I finally can actually start conversations myself, unlike when I used to not be able to do it at all. Wow. Was it challenging with ADHD doing online school or has it been easier? It might come as a shock to some, but it actually was easier. Hmm, Okay. I also think it was to benefit because I was a computer science major. So I am used to dual screens, so I can see stuff on here, even not looking at there. So if any little bit moves on that screen, like a message popped up in chat right now, I would know it even if I wasn't looking. Mm -hmm. It just happens to me. Mm -hmm. So I can also use two screens and I just, it just is so natural to me and it's actually improved that I got better grades also during the only online than I did in person. Yeah. How many years have you been at school at this point? Oh gosh. Um, Let me try again. In college, not K through 12. Technically, according to it, this will be my third year Mm -hmm. because I graduated in 2018, I think, of high school. Okay. I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. (laughs) I can't remember how long. That was long ago. I then spent a year at the college before I transferred. 
but I was struggling, which my mental state made me actually get bad grades. And I ended up, even if I didn't transfer, I would have had to leave anyways. Yeah. Just because something was up and I couldn't tell what it was. And then the very first, also it's because they are terrible. They aren't doing anything. Most of them were bad. And when I transferred, I got straight A's the first semester. And that was before I transitioned. So you can see one of the schools wasn't providing in one way while the other provided what I needed. Yeah. So during, especially I suppose the social parts of your transition, what are things that you had a tough time learning? about being socially coded as feminine or female? Trying to get my walk in. I was someone that used to take big steps. Mm -hmm. That took a lot of practice and trying to shorten my stride a bit. And my gosh, makeup, even now I find hard. Mm -hmm. Just because I can't sit still. I love doing it, but I struggle with it often. And a lot of times... The social parts, I don't know until I've experienced it half the time, and then it's all panic of what should I do in this situation, what's happening, why, how can I adapt to this that just happened? And it's all going through your head at all times of the day that I go through, trying to figure out everything and trying to wash hair fully is definitely a project. Oh, interesting. Like you have more hair than you've ever had. So you're like, oh wait, I forgot to shampoo this part over here. Or, oh no. I'm yes, my hair, even though it's not long yet, it is the longest I've ever had it. I'm trying to grow it out still, but it takes forever. It does, yeah. Especially like you were mentioning HRT takes forever. I definitely feel that. Yeah, my hair had started growing faster since I started testosterone. It already grew fast, and now it's growing even faster. And I'm like, is this a tea thing? What is happening <laughs> with my head? <laughs> Never know at this point. It just, it's like it rolls the dice, honestly, at this point. Yeah, totally. Okay, so what is your biggest challenge at college because of your trans status? Definitely social was one of the biggest things that was struggling and a lot of times I had a lot of bad days the first this past semester where I wasn't mental dysphoria made me struggle with a day Mm -hmm. and that caused me to start to fully fall behind in the class and one thing about me personally is if I fall behind a little bit it starts going bigger and I struggle getting up Yeah. So I can't let that first bit start because once I do, it just keeps going and it starts to struggle. So we have a question from the chat from Skunk City. What are some things that you are looking forward to, goals maybe, in the near future? I am hoping that I can feel 100% in myself and go through a day without thinking about intentionally doing something that I should be doing as a feminine that I haven't fully learned yet. 
can make sure, okay, am I doing the right pitch of my voice? Am I sitting the right way? Am I walking the right way? And all of those that, my goal is to get to the point where I can go through a day without having to be concerned about it fully. Mm-hmm. I know it will never leave, but I want to get as close to that as I can. Is probably how I'd answer it. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Can you share about an experience with gender euphoria? A time when you were just feeling really good about yourself and your gender? I would probably say there are two different moments that come up in my head right away. The first one is the very first time I was called in a store ma'am that I tried not crying in the middle of a store out of happiness was, I think a lot of people can relate to that after switching. That's something that I had struggled with. And the other one was when I finally told my first person that I trusted that's a friend that is actually at my campus because I wasn't making friends. And then when I finally did, I was so nervous that I would get them to run away or something. And then they would look at me different. They've actually helped me through a bunch of things that I didn't know. And they were actually shocked that people would be so mean just because of how you identify that they couldn't understand why someone would ever do that in their right mind, be mean to anyone that is so euphoric and heartwarming to hear someone say that they agree with you, even though that they're not trans themselves or non-binary, but they see you as you and it doesn't matter. And it's a bunch of those little things that you think wouldn't make like little comments that people make about what you're wearing or something and being called the right gender the first time. Instead of a microaggression, it's like a micro affirmation. Yes. I've never thought definitely of, the those of a microaggression come. before. That's definitely a good way to put it. I love that. That's really cool. The last question that I have for you today, unless the chat comes up with another one for you, is what would you like to make sure folks know about your perspective on gender and non-binary issues? I'd like people to know that don't be afraid. Don't, yes, you are going to be afraid when it comes down to it, but at the same time, your mind is going to be, it was my worst enemy. When I was going through, my mind played so many tricks on me and made me think so negatively and I wish I had someone tell me that you can go through it. You can do it no matter who you are. There is light on the other side. And it's always something that I wish I could hear on a daily basis almost that someone was rooting for me and that it wasn't always going to be this rough. And it might take some time, 
but eventually there is light at the end. Thank you so much, Angelic Julie, for being here on the channel with us. Just a couple of reminders for our viewers and listeners in the future. In general, if you would like information about the Genderful talk show and back episodes, previous episodes, there's the link tree that I just dropped there in the chat. It'll also be in the show notes. Angelic Julie is on both Twitch and YouTube, and it's Angelic Julie on Twitch. And are you, tell us about your YouTube handle. I have a hyperlink here that I can also post in the chat and will be in the show notes. I started streaming a couple things. I've been doing Pokemon Reborn, which is my torture. It is also known as it's Pokemon on another level. I saw you had a challenge where you are going to do a nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, we did We did a stream where we pulled all the cards, all the Pokemon cards out of a box. This game has 18 gyms with all having six and has a heavy level cap on every Pokemon. Is this a fan-made game? Yeah. 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 One yeah, of my yeah. favorites, but definitely the most frustrating. So now, take some it time to come up. Standard Pokemon or does it have like fake Amon? It has all the standard ones. Uh-huh. Like all eight hundred whatever of them? Yes, but not in the gallery. Okay. It stops at Aloha. I gotcha. And definitely is a bunch of fun that incorporates the moves and mega evolution. Wow. Wow. That's so many things. What definitely fun, takes a lot game. of strategy and has helped me learn the small mechanics of all the stats and stuff. Yeah. So it I... takes a while to come out with videos, but then hoping to start it back up soon. Nice. Yeah, that sounds super fun. What's your stream schedule like these days? for folks that want to tune in live and catch you on Twitter. My stream schedule is very wonky because it is purely dependent on my school schedule. Tuesday and Thursdays are going to be upcoming a lot harder for me to stream on. So the best days are going to be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I am at Eastern Standard Time. Mm -hmm. So I often will stream approximate 11 or 1 is mm -hmm. when I'll start one or the other is usual my times that I start often. Sometimes I'll start earlier if I'm just up and can't focus and I'll go a bit longer that day. Yeah. But that's usually where I am and we are very huge fans of chaos. <laughs> that's so awesome. I know you've already streamed today, so we are going to raid your friend, Rianda. Thank you so much for being on the show, Julie. It was such a pleasure to have you here. Thank um, you. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say to the chat before we, we raid out? Big heart to you all and all the hugs. Yay. And hopefully you all enjoy her. She's someone that's helped me through a lot of the rough days. So awesome. So yeah. Chat, I hope you enjoyed our guest today. It was such a delight to have Julie here on the stream. Looks like Rianda is playing Mass Effect Legendary Edition right now with 11 viewers. So our little pile of eight will be a nice boon to the channel. Please feel free to say hi, drop follows, etc. Our talk show guest next week is Lee who is a trans non-binary writer from the UK. And we actually just launched a writer's corner in our Discord server. So if you would like to participate in all sorts of writing 
activities that Lee will be leading in the server, please do join us over in Discord. I just dropped the invite in the chat and you can also find that always on the link tree. This week we have a special charity stream at the end of the week. We are doing the Kitty Titty fundraiser. So you pay $5 to join a Jackbox game and that goes towards uh, top surgery for our friend Kitty, who is the partner of Ness, who is a beloved mod and a community member. So please look to the schedule on Twitter and we will see you soon, everyone. Thanks for being here.